The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Your mission, initiate internet marketing measures. Your arsenal, the weapons of mass marketing. Learn how to accomplish your internet marketing initiative with the do-it-yourself tools and directives from the commanding leaders of cyberspace. Your training in SEO, PPC, social media, and affiliate marketing commences now. Welcome to the Weapons of Mass Marketing, presented by RavenTools.com. Welcome to the Weapons of Mass Marketing presented by Raven Tools. My name is Taylor Pratt. I'm the Product Marketing Manager at Raven Tools, and my co-host is the co-founder of Raven, John Henshaw. How are you doing, John? Hey, I'm doing great. How uh, how are you doing, Taylor? I'm surviving the uh, winter storm that hit Austin that gave us a whole half inch of snow. Oh, I was going to say, when you said winter storm in Austin, I thought maybe it was like 45 degrees or something like that. <laughs> it's supposed to be 60 <laughs> tomorrow, but everybody's out playing in the snow, so they're enjoying it. Okay, okay. Well, don't well we also brought back uh, else Arian with us yeah. for uh, um, for the second part of our show. You know, last time we talked about um, content marketing and just uh, content optimization as a whole. And so we thought it would be awesome just to continue the discussion because there's so much more about it. So we uh, invited Arian to come back and... Uh, we're excited to get, jump back into this. How you doing, Arian? I'm doing well. Excellent. Well, just so uh, just to remind everyone, last show we talked about, um, you know, the, the big topic that always comes up when it comes to SEO is just should you be focusing on SEO when you're writing content, or should you really just focus on making the content really, really well done? And uh, you know, John and Arian were going back and forth as to what they preferred. I don't think we came to a final conclusion. But, um, you know, obviously the best case scenario is to be able to do both. It just doesn't always work out that way. I think, I think that Arian concluded that she was right, and I concluded that I was right. And it was like the best <laughs> conclusion ever. That <laughs> sounds about right. Well, we also talked about two of our uh, favorite plugins, if you guys, uh, if you guys missed those. The, the first one was the WordPress editorial calendar. Um, and and that's just was really good for managing multiple writers on a on a blog, so that you know you could actually schedule out when everybody's post was going to be due. You know you could look at the calendar view and kind of get a nice overview of you know what you have set up for the blog. And then also if you're dealing with a lot of guest bloggers, because that was also a good way, um, you know, not only to get links and to get new content on your site, um, but it's just really good to build out your overall community. And so uh, Marty Martin has a really nice plugin out there called the Custom Author Byline, which just made it look a lot more professional and uh, gave them the credit that uh, they deserved. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things about that particular plugin, it's really funny because it's, it's actually a fairly simple plugin. I, I mean, I don't know how simple it was to write it, but as far as functionality, it's it's just really nice because it takes care of security, which is I don't have to create an account, and it just and on top of that, it just works. I mean, it's it's one of those very sort of easy to use, simple plugins that works really well. So um, I, I really love that particular plugin. All right, well, you know, there's been a lot of topic over the last two weeks, really, since our last show about uh, Google announcing that you know 2011, their focus this year is really going to be dealing with content farms and just spammy websites as a whole. 
Um, they there's been some debate on whether or not they've released a a uh, an algorithm update that's supposed to really address the content farms. But um, you know, spawning off of that, Blecko started getting in the conversation, and uh, I just wanted to start getting your guys' thoughts because Blecko all of a sudden they just dropped every uh, content farm. I think there was over 20 of them um, directly from their index. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that was influenced from Google. And really it's starting to raise all these questions as to what's going to happen in 2011 with content farms. So, you know, when I, I think it's all really interesting because I see, first of all, I don't really personally consider Blecko a real player yet. I, I think it's interesting that, you know, the different search engines, particularly Google, are giving them attention. I think they're just giving them attention because they need more people uh, to play in the sandbox with. Uh, but, you know, the things that Blecko are doing, it feels really, really niche. I mean, and not maybe even just niche, but just a small, it's only going to attract a small group of people. And, and when I compare and contrast uh, somebody like Google and how they've approached their algorithm and approach spam. And I look at Blecko, uh, it feels really, really blunt. Like they have this real blunt axe approach, uh, which is just we're going to let anybody say it's spam. We're going to uh, be opportunist and take the chance, uh, you know, during this particular sort of being Google flare-up um, to say, oh, well, we're actually just outright banning, you know, these four uh, what they call content farms. Um, and I just, it feels very knee jerk. It feels, uh, I don't know. And it also feels like that type of approach is very, um, easy, easily gamed. And I think, you know, Aaron, weren't we talking about this the other day? I mean, did you have some thoughts on that too? Um, no, I think that just as a, as a, a user forgetting the people that, um, uh, whatever it is that, that, it gets me the most relevant results, makes me the happiest. Um, so I'm on board with anything that Google or Blecko does, yeah, even if that's removing the, the content farms. And I don't use Blecko uh, yet. I haven't played around with it much. But those things make me happy. So, so that's interesting. I mean, that's an interesting comment because um, on one level, I think, you know, like we totally agree on that. In other words, from a pure user level, throw out internet marketing, SEO completely. Uh, nobody wants spam. Nobody wants to have, you know, any, any of these particular sites out there. But the, the question really is, is, is what is spam? So for example, if somebody is claiming that, an, you know, eHow is some sort of content farm and that content is, um, you know, they're just mass producing this stuff, um, from a, from a far view, you might see that as spam, and so you might not want to see that in your search results. However, at the same time, they're making so much content on every topic imag imaginable, and who's to say that that's not useful? Who's to say that that is just spam across the board because they are trying to answer every question possible so that they can um, you know, get as much traffic as possible from organic search results? Uh, what happens when that's actually, you know, half their content actually is useful? Uh, what if the content, which we're going to be talking about uh, pretty soon, is are really good how-tos? You know, if, if eHow is a site that's about how to do whatever it might be, well, I might be that one person somewhere who is, you know, I just need to know this stupid answer, you know, to my stupid question, and they've written it um, because of their whole strategy. 
is that spam? No, it's not spam because I want to know that. And if they're the only uh, company or person who's taken the time uh, to write that out, then that's useful. And so, and so that's where I would throw out that Blecko's approach might be too blunt, where uh, Google's, in my opinion, is less knee-jerk, and it's and it uh, there's you know it, it takes in uh, the whole picture and the future of content and how they truly want to manage it as opposed to um, a bunch of people just pressing spam a bunch of times on their search results. Yeah, you know, I, I was really surprised to see eHow, and uh, just to give everyone a couple of examples, you know, they removed about 20 sites, uh, Blecko did, eHow.com, Encyclopedia.com, AllExperts.com, but, you know, there's been multiple occasions where, you know, I'm just doing stuff around the house, and I just, you know, search for, you know, how do I replace this, or, you know, what's a common fix for this, and I've gone to eHow, and, you know, they laid it out pretty well, just in a 10-step guide, so I was really surprised that they considered that to be spam, because, you know, when Matt Cutts explained you know why they're focusing on this. He was talking about really trying to cut down on the sites that used uh, spammy words over and over again. Sort of the thing that you would see, you know, when people are um, comment spamming. Um, so they're really trying to cut down more on that type of spam, and it kind of felt like a, a knee-jerk reaction where Blake was like, "Yeah, exactly. We're, we're just going to get rid of it all all of a sudden, regardless if it's actually helping people." Which I think, in a lot of cases, not every case, eHow does that because they are actually having people build out this content, and I don't see any difference between that and like a Wikipedia where they're trying to rank for everything as well. So, you know, uh, it's it seems like a double-edged sword. And I, I think that um, in the end, Google took the right approach. They haven't, it doesn't sound like they've actually released anything just yet, but they're going to really, um, they're not going to pull things out. It doesn't sound like completely like a e-how. They're just, I, I just think that they're not going to be able to be as powerful in terms of uh, ranking for those, those really core terms as they are currently. Yeah. So, I mean, Aaron, I mean, what, what would be your thoughts on that? I mean, in other words, like, is it okay for you as a user to lose some potential good content by just wiping out and, you know, an entire site that's considered a content farm? I mean, in other words, would that be okay from a user standpoint or, or you know, what do you think based on what we just said? Uh, I think that... I think that where there is one, there are always 17 others that I can turn to, and that's the that's the beauty of the internet, um, in my opinion. If I can't find my answer on eHow because they happen to have been, you know, ranked first, well, there's nine more that I can find on that page. And I think that when it comes to to content and to continue our discussion about quality content from last week and SEO, that um, when as publishers, which internet marketers, I would argue, are publishers, that when you're thinking about content creation of your own, content ideas that, that you're trying to generate and what kind of content that you need to provide, um, that is a complicated beast and not so easy um, if you're interested in quality content and just um, trying to make a list of all the questions that you want to answer so you can rank as highly as you can. Yeah, you know, okay. you had an interesting that- process on, on that that you were talking to us about a little bit earlier um, where it's just about asking yourself the right questions when it comes to this, you know, content creation process. And I think that's a pretty good segue into that topic. Uh, you had mentioned, Darian, that, you know, you need to focus on what does your audience need to know? You know, the idea behind a- asking yourself these questions is really just to get the wheel turning and trying to get a better grasp as to, all right, what do people actually want to find out on my site? What's what? Not only what can we create that's going to rank well, that but that's actually going to grab the user's attention so that they're actually going to end up taking action on the site, which is the ultimate goal anyway. 
And uh, I, I didn't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about that process that you were telling me about just on how you start to come up with what to write about because that always seems to be the struggle with people when it comes to actually sitting down and saying, all right, I'm going to start creating some content for my site. Um, well, it, that that question, what does your audience need to know, what do your readers want to find when they come to your site, um, is a good place to start. It's probably the best place to start because you're focusing on them. Um, and and then in terms of how you interpret that into what you write, ask yourself, what do you like to read? What do I like to read? Well, do I find most handy lists? Do I find most handy um, guides, how-to guides? And, and you kind of, so if you make a list on one side that says, here are all of the topics that I think I need to cover, and you make a list on the other side of all the formats that you could do that in, um, and mix and match, you'll come up with some pretty interesting content that will keep people coming back. Um, and there were a variety of types of content um, that we had talked about. Um, uh, one good place to start, I think, is always um, what's happening now. Um, and that's what I tend to see, especially in Internet marketing. I see a lot of content, not that similar per se, but that Whenever anyone, whenever anything happens in this industry, every person weighs in with an opinion on it. So following an opinion or following a controversy, that is a good place to start for content. But take it a step past that. Um, is there a way to connect this controversy that's happening over here, perhaps the Google and Bing thing this week, with some other thing that happened in a different industry? Are there parallels that can be drawn? Um, you can also come up with some educational or um, instructional, whether it's on your product or whether it's on, on your industry. Um, that's good content. Um, Taylor, you had noted, too, that there's kind of a, a space for definitive or encyclopedic content. Can you explain what you meant by that? Sure. And actually, uh, let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors, and then when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about those content ideas. Time to regroup and reload. More weapons of mass marketing after this. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for the Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. From domains to digital marketing, social media to blogging, you can reach this broad audience by using what you're listening to right now. Reach the thousands of internet marketers that download and listen live to the premier on-air and on-demand podcast network, webmasterradio.fm, with the Internet Marketing Channel, featuring shows like The Joel Com Show, The WordPress Community Podcast, and more. Our ad campaigns are fully integrated with multiple avenues of exposure, from slick, effective 30-second commercials to detailed, informative 30-minute town hall meetings. Expose your products and services to listeners and podcasters of not just shows like Market Edge and Domain Masters, but anyone looking for ways to market their business with your product. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm to find out more. 
Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-server solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia, strong ROI made simple. CEO Coach, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to the Weapons of Mass Marketing, presented by Raventools.com, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to the Weapons of Mass Marketing on WebmasterRadio.fm. My name is Taylor Pratt, and uh, my co-hosts today are John Henshaw and Arian Holland. And before the break, we were, you know, we we started talking about the whole. Um, content farm uh, ordeal that's been going on lately with the search engines and also we had just started segueing into uh, different content ideas and Arian was talking about um, creating content around opinion and controversy and we were just about to start talking about definitive and encyclopedia content and how that's actually really good link bait and and John you know back when Raven used to do services is this the type of content that you would ever um, that you would focus on when trying to you know create link bait yeah, we we would occasionally do some opinion pieces, but you know the the thing that you have to really watch, and we still watch now, is not pissing off too many people or or the wrong people, and it, because every, I mean everybody has an opinion, and uh, and certainly if you've been in the industry for a while, uh, you know some of the history behind uh, some decisions, some companies, some people. Uh, you, what happens is you end up really biting your tongue most of the time. Um, I, I know I do just because it's my personality. Um, and, uh, and so I, I think you have to be really careful. Um, I know for us, even now, back when it was just Sightning and even you know Raven now, um, one of the things that we do is we, you know, we use each other as a gauge for sanity. <laughs> and, and so, you know, we'll oftentimes have, uh, I think all three of us have had certain I- ideas of what we wanted to write about or, or if we wanted to make a particular statement that we knew um, would get us attention, but also it's just something we wanted to get off our chest or say. And, uh, and you, you know, you basically, you use your team. Uh, hopefully your team is wise like ours, which I think, you know, we have a good team um, so that, Arian can look at me or I can look at her, you know, whatever and say, you know, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to be uh, the right type of controversy or productive for the industry or for us to get a uh, new business. But, but certainly, you know, we have done things in the past. Um, I'm thinking of uh, fake Steve Jobs is, is something that comes to mind. So we had a lot of fun when fake Steve Jobs was out there and we actually ended up uh, helping the ultimate person who who figured out who it was uh, do that because I think we had done some ridiculous uh, minuscule sting uh, job for fun on on that guy and we found out where he was actually coming from and we found out his IP through some things that we did and it was just fun and I think there was a newspaper out there that 
called us iTurds or something like or iTard, um, <laughs> which was fantastic. But of course, you know that gave us a lot of traffic and a lot of attention. Uh, I don't think it hurt our business in any way. Uh, it was fun, uh, sort of controversial, I guess. And so that to me would be something I would do again at any time. Um, however, you know, getting into the argument, you know, or talking really deeply about what Google's doing or this or that, or talking about a competitor that, you know, you would, you would love to call out because it's like, I can't believe they're doing that. Um, you know, that's the kind of stuff that I generally would recommend you stay away from. And, and I think that's the consensus well, here. And John, to give you some, some recent examples of, of what I would call more exhaustive posts that have done well for us without the controversy element, except for people thinking that our list wasn't good enough. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we had a guest blogger who provided a list of, of the ultimate public relations online tools. Um, Taylor, you also, what was the name of the, the one that you created? Um, it was for conversion optimization tools. Correct. It was a list of conversion optimization tools. Both of those, because they were, in essence, resource guides for users. So again, I come back to what is it that your audience wants to read, or even a, a potential audience, people who uncover you. Both of those uh, links, I'm still finding, especially on the PR one, that just seems to have a life of its own. It, it keeps getting retweeted weeks later um, from wow. people who discover it, from the companies who get mentioned. Um, so that's a that's a content with good shelf life is the best way for me oh. to put that, which is okay, also so why just, not just responding to the news is a good way to think of content. So you just you just uh, said something that I think is a really good point that, that relates to what we're talking about, and that is uh, the companies that were mentioned are getting links, uh, are linking back and mentioning us and tweeting uh, about that particular site. And so that I think, you know, we can go ahead and just throw into sort of this list of content ideas is it's it's not just that you might do something controversial or something that, that might be this really interesting list, but there is great value in, in actually making sure that you're talking about other people too, you're, whether it be uh, it can be a competitor. It can be just uh, all these different companies that that relate to the list that you just made, or whatever it might be. Um, but but that's you. Oftentimes, the way uh, online marketing works, it'll it'll you'll get paid back for it. There's it's almost like online karma. Uh, and you know, we even experienced something similar to that where we had uh, integrated Basecamp into Raven. Uh, we had written, I think, one or two, maybe even three different blog entries about it, just really talking about, you know, Basecamp, 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 and we love them, and and here's how you use it instead of Raven. And then just the other day, to our surprise, uh, through no doing of our own, they, on I think it's like product blog.37signals.com or whatever, they, they wrote an entry. And, I, and, and that's, what were you saying, Arian? It was the 37 Signals blog. It, it wasn't even the Basecamp blog. It was the the main company's major blog. And of course, you know, from an SEO perspective, I will take that link, <laughs> or the, <laughs> in fact, the links they put on there. Um, and then on top of that, just thank you for that exposure, and thank you for again linking back even to those blog entries that further explain kind of what we do. So uh, there's a lot of value in. You know what we've already said, which is controversy, controversy uh, lists, but also making sure that a lot of times that you're linking out to people. Um, one, because it's 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 valid and it's relevant, but two, because uh, you could experience some good kind of online karma from that. 
Yeah, and just to give everyone a little perspective, when we first released Basecamp, that was back in October. And so it's been, what, uh, almost four months now. And then that's when we finally got you know, the, the big link and mention from them. So it, it's amazing how, you know, a piece of content that you think is going to be a good resource, it might actually just take some time with a little bit of patience. You know, it ends up paying off down the line. So it's always going to be creating uh, additional links. If, if, if you just let it sit there and resonate with everyone, they eventually find it and then find ways to, to go back to it. I, you know, you're starting to see this more and more on Twitter when um, blog authors are, are starting to compile, you know, uh, Todd Melico just did one recently on competitive SEO. And so he goes on to Twitter and he starts asking everyone what their favorite resources are. You know, what are the best blog posts and um, guides that have come out of late around competitive SEO? And then he builds his own post behind it and then references all of those. So then you start finding all these other opportunities to start sharing your content to get additional links if you're just following, you know, the conversations online. So there, there's a lot of opportunities that come afterwards. And, you know, I think what a lot of people forget is they create the content, they seed it. Um, almost immediately, and then they forget about it. You know, they never go back to it when there's, you know, they could be going back to forums where people are talking about the subject. I mean, there's a lot of ways to start spreading this after the initial 24 hours that you release the the actual content. So I I know we didn't get to it uh, on the last show, which we actually meant to get to it on the last show, but obviously this is a really interesting topic, uh, particularly to us and hopefully to the people who are listening to the show. Um, but let's let's maybe get to ordering. You know, um, the you know one of the biggest points and uh, uh, that we wanted to make with this particular topic was the idea of what tools are out there and why you might want to order content versus writing it yourself. So. Um, you know, what What are your guys' takes on, you know, should you order content? Should you write it yourself? What are the pros and cons? Well, you know, I thought, I think it's actually a, I, I don't see it as like something bad by any means because, you know, when I would do consultant work, I'm limited in the amount of time that I have to spend creating content, uh, optimizing the site as a whole, spreading around that content. So it's nice to be able to go out and, you know, grab a freelancer using one of these networks like Elance or like TextBroker and say, hey, you know, I need somebody to write this for me so then I can go and do whatever I need to do with it. Uh, I just don't have the time to do that. And so, you know, putting out requests for that and you can, it turns out you can get it for pretty cheap too. I mean, you know, I used to use Elance and there's a lot of just uh, stay at home moms and dads who are just, you know, they, they want to just do some work as they have time. And that might be, you know, creating content for you at a, at a pretty reasonable price of, you know, five or six dollars an hour. Um, but but why don't we take a break right now and then we'll segue into some of these other services and we can start. Uh, I'd love to hear what Arian's opinion is about uh, whether we can just order content or if you should really reach out and try and um, find these people um, on a more personal matter than just going and using the service. Time to regroup and reload. More weapons of mass marketing after this. If you're looking for a new multifaceted SEO and social media tool set, look for The Raven. Raven has the important tools that every internet marketer needs. Raven offers customized metrics for managing link building campaigns, social media campaigns, with campaign reporting and research tools that you can easily manage. Build up campaign performance for your clients and give your team the tools that will make them soar. If you want to increase your internet marketing revenue, look for The Raven. Go to raventools.com. That's raventools.com. Think about it. You work so hard with your existing clients. How much time do you have every day to recruit more clients, expand your business, and add more value to your service? Let webmasterradio.fm do the work for you. 
We're the premier business-to-business on-air and on-demand podcast network with shows like SEO Rockstars, SEO 101, and SEM Synergy. We can tailor an ad campaign that includes 30 seconds every hour and a 30-minute special every month. Plus, the banner ads and links you need to reach our built-in audience and our legions of loyal listeners and podcasters. What you charge in hours for service is all it takes to get started on the fast lane to growing your business. Contact sales at webmasterradio.fm for consultation today. Two, one, booster ignition. Ascend into new heights of ranking and revenue with a search engine-friendly online shopping cart that's ready for liftoff. Introducing Ascender Cart. Ascender Cart optimizes your shopping cart with easy-to-use SEO tools that will help build keywords, titles, and tags for top search engine rankings. Get all of the advantages of having a shopping cart on your site and monitor your progress with regular reports in just a click. Prepare to launch your shopping cart to the top of the search engines with AscenderCart. Learn more about what AscenderCart can do for you at AscenderCart.com. A-S-C-E-N-D-E-R-C-A-R-T.com. Ecom Experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to the weapons of mass marketing presented by raventools.com only on webmasterradio.fm welcome back to the weapons of mass marketing on webmasterradio.fm presented by raventools my name is taylor pratt and my co-hosts are john henshaw and arian holland and uh, before the break we were just diving into whether or not um, we thought it was a good idea to use services to order content and uh, Arian, you know, I was—I'm really interested to hear what you have to say about uh, ordering content as a former editor, and uh, and just whether or not you think it's—it's it, it's a good idea. If, I'm, I'm actually really interested to know if you've ever done it, um, and and how really what um, your overall opinion is on it. Well, it may surprise both you and John to hear that as a as a former editor, I ordered content all the time. In fact, that's what I did all day long. Um, but I had two different kinds of people. Um, I had one set of people who uh, worked for uh, our newspaper, and they had a beat. They had a set of topics that they were expected to come to me with ideas with, that they had um, uh, sources um, familiar with that beat that they were assigned to. So that was one source of content for me. And then we had another source of content, which was freelancers. These weren't people who we would just call out of the blue and say, hey, can you write this for me? So it wasn't um, ordering in the form of Elance or text broker. These were people that at one point or another either had written for us before or we we found out about them through uh, networks. And um, we were able to look at examples of their writing and say, you know what, I think they can handle this assignment. And we would give them an assignment. So freelancers weren't necessarily expected to to pitch ideas to us unless we always had a freelancer for a given topic, such as um, travel, um, which has happened before. So I I think there are are pros to both methods. I think that um, if you can't afford to do it in-house or if you don't write that well, 
And I'm not talking about high-level, high-quality writing, the kind of writing that people just, their jaws drop. <laughs> their jaws drop, excuse me. I'm talking about can you complete sentences. Um, if you can look at, at your writing and realize that your grammar is not that great, that people probably aren't going to get through this, hire someone else to, to convey your message. Um, if you can afford to do a little bit of both, if you're a strong writer but you need some backup like you described, Taylor, then I'm all for it. And there may be some cases where for your business you need to hire copywriters who specialize in certain kinds of content. Um, that's okay, too. But to me, the key is developing a relationship with an individual writer, whether they work for you or you hire them. All right, well, and then let's, uh, let's start services. talking about the tools that you would use to do that. John, do you have any... Uh, experience using the, diff the various tools out there. Which ones are your favorites? Uh, any ideas there? Yeah, so you know there are three main tools that I would throw out, and I, I'm going to kind of run through them really quickly because I, I think we're pretty much out of time. Um, but there's basically Elance, uh, TextBroker, and and then CopyPress is a new entry into this area. And so the two I've used the most, simply because they've been around the longest, are Elance and TextBroker. And so when we used to do services. Um, Elance was a really good uh, place to go to and the way you approach Elance is you look for writers who say they do SEO work and then what I would do is I would hire three or four or five of them at one time I'd give them all the same project and then I'd kind of whittle my way down I would you know basically be like okay I don't like these three I do like these two uh, if I wasn't still sure about those two, I would hire a few more and kind of give them the same project again until I found a writer I really liked. And so that's how we did it. And so we had uh, about two or three writers that I loved that we would use with our clients when we, when we did services. And I did a lot of ordering through that. Textbroker is another one. I like Textbroker because they have different qualities of writers. And so if you go directly to uh, Textbroker, you can get like kind of quality one through your quality five with quality five being the best. Uh, Raven actually, we actually implemented TextBroker into Raven recently. Um, and what we did was just because we were all about quality is uh, we only do orders for quality four and five just because we want to, you know, if people are going to be using it, we want them to have the best uh, content as possible. And then uh, Blue Glass has uh, their service, which is called CopyPress. And it's still, I think it still might be in beta or private beta, but you can contact them and uh, and probably get in and start using their system. Uh, but I've actually seen uh, parts of it before. It's it's incredibly impressive, uh, the work they've done, particularly on the back end. And uh, and so I think that's CopyPress is another service that I would really try. Those are, those are sort of my top three: Elance, TextBroker, uh, and CopyPress. And uh, and so you know if you're really if you don't have the ability to write your own content or write it in uh, in mass, I would really look at those three services. All right. Well, great discussion, everyone. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Weapons of Mass Marketing airs Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. You can download the archives of our past shows by going to webmasterradio.fm or find them on iTunes. We'll talk to you guys next month. <laughs>